You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Walt's Apartment Podcast, Knights of the Rogue Republic, our Star Wars offshoot podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm here with my co-host, Jade. Hello. And this is Amber, and we're here talking about season three of The Mandalorian. We're very excited. We've been waiting a long time for this, um, and we're glad it's finally here. So, this is chapter 17 of The Mandalorian, and it's called The Apostate. Interesting name. Yeah. And I always tend to read into the naming um, of the episodes a little bit, but we'll come back to that. (laughs) Um, This episode is directed by... Rick Famawiwa. All right. If that's correct. You can do it much better than I can. So uh, he's a returning director. He directed chapter two, chapter six, and now and chapter fifteen. So this will be his fourth um, episode that he's directed of The Mandalorian. Uh, the first time writing an episode, though, so he wrote this episode as well as directed it. Um, and I just kind of wrote at the very top. <laughs> Ugh, pirates! <laughs> <laughs> About this episode. Um, but going back a little bit to the apostate, um, that terminology is in regards to somebody that has renounced a religious belief. Yeah, see, and he's trying to... He's trying to re- redeem yeah. himself in the eyes of his little cult. He hasn't or renounced anything. Religious zealots. But they maybe perhaps feel like he has. Mm. And maybe internally that's the way he feels about it. Maybe. So anyway, so like I said, <laughs> I read into the titles a lot. Um, so anyways. Um, and we were just talking right before the show started about the timeline between... When we saw them last and now, considering the state of Navarro, which is a planet we've seen before that we go revisit in this episode. Um, And so Favreau has talked about it being about two years-ish. Maybe a little bit more than that. It's a little bit vague. Well, also the watch or the creed seems to have set up base on that planet Mm -hmm. and know it pretty well. Yeah. And Grogu was gone for quite some time, probably training with Luke, Mm -hmm. even though it seemed kind of quick. Yeah. And that he was back, but um, it was probably a lot longer than it's felt like. So it's been a couple of years Mm -hmm. since season two. Yeah. So we have quite a few returning characters 
from previous seasons of The Mandalorian. Um, the armorer and her uh, kind of henchman. I can't remember mm-hmm. his name. He's one of the clan... Um, Let's just call him Tank, because he's... Oh, my God. <laughs> come on, come on. Vizsla. Yeah, Vizsla. Clan Vizsla. Anyhow, um, that just kind of plays into the to the lore that we were talking about and the kind of clan structure and, and um, maybe more prevalent clans or more influential clans that his clan was one of them. Um, just like bo has, like, her known yeah. clan. Anyway, I got sidetracked. <laughs> um, squirrel! Ah, so, <laughs> opens up with the armorer again, making more armor, um, and we see her kind of indoctrinating a new... One thing, one side note, is when she was crafting the armor... She had a vial of, like, some kind of liquid that she dumped in to, like, where you put the mm-hmm. the pieces of metal to cool them down super quick. And then it, like, kind of shimmered out. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Part of her craft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part of the Mandalorian secrets to crafting Beskar, most mm-hmm. likely. Yeah. Maybe it's a small bit of the water from the wells See, under Mandalore. Maybe. Anyways, we get we get crazy <laughs> going down these rabbit holes if we're not careful. Um, so we see um, this giant creature emerge from the water um, as the ceremony is taking place. Looks like an alligator, like a giant prehistoric alligator creature. We'd never seen or heard of this creature before. Um, it is described in the um, descriptive text. Um, so that's similar to closed captioning if you ever want to rewatch the episodes. With the descriptive text on, it can actually reveal some interesting things, particularly if there's places or things popping up you're unfamiliar with. I'm kind of a nerd, so I'll watch it the first time with the regular closed captioning on, and then the second time with the descriptive text. Uh, It's described as a giant dinosaur turtle. Well, it does have kind of like a turtle-like shell, but I... It's shaped like an alligator. (laughs) It does a barrel roll. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, definitely reminiscent of the Crate Dragon, Mm -hmm. the way the Mandalorians, you know, do battle with this creature. Very similar um, kind of components mirroring that Crate Dragon battle. You know, I almost was kind of waiting for him to swallow a Mandalorian and them to cut their way out or something. (laughs) um, Or to see them harvesting Maybe some of its armor plating as temporary armor for some of the Mandalorians that don't have enough armor. But what I do want to talk about is this clan of Mandalorians is clearly now growing in numbers, right? Mm-hmm. We saw them kind of scatter. Some got killed. But their numbers are growing again. Yeah, it, there, was it a lot seems. Of, there was a lot of like young ones, like children as well, that looked like... Like, mm-hmm. they've only got helmets. Yeah. So. Yep. And it's kind of like a ragtag group. They mm-hmm. intentionally look like they've just kind of collected different pieces of armor over time. So they're different colored and different condition. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting way to do it. You know, some of their colors are all different. Um, kind of a ragtag bunch. 
I really liked that. I was carefully looking to see if any of the Mandalorian mercs armors looked familiar and maybe were showing up in there, and you did a little research on it. So that's a little, uh, that's a cosplay group, just in case anybody's not aware. Like, in this the episode with Moff Gideon and all of the stormtroopers, they used a cosplay group to kind of sprinkle in a little bit more of the costuming that they didn't have time or maybe the for budget the storm to, troopers. Yeah, for the stormtroopers. So we were thinking they probably did that now. And nothing's like confirmed, but there is some leakage that says, yes, that's what they did. But Yeah, and these determined. are officially sanctioned cosplay groups for Star Wars um, by Lucasfilms. It's the 501st Legion, the Rebel Legion, and the Mandalorian Mercs. They're invited to things like the red carpet events and um, it's all kind of well known. So when these kind of things drop, we're like, oh, yeah, it's really cool mm-hmm. to see them respecting um, the cosplay craft and and what that brings to the fandom. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. side note there. So we think mm-hmm. that we'll later learn through, you know, expiring clauses and non-disclosure agreements mm-hmm. <laughs> that maybe some people that we know of or follow um, will have been there or, or shared their armor. And I mean, I'm willing to bet that we're going to see them again. So there's probably a reason it hasn't yeah. been disclosed. Uh-huh. Yes. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. We all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We gonna have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit right now. I got lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I got lie, don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit serious. Um, so my notes kind of go all over the place because I didn't take notes chronologically as I was watching the episode. I just kind of wrote things down in random places on my notepad and then watched again and wrote random things on my notepad. But what I gotta say, um is this has a very Peter Pan pirate theme to this episode. So it starts out with this alligator, right? We end up going to Navarro Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because Mando's sent onward on his quest to redeem himself in the waters under Mandalore. Um, Goes to Navarro, and we see that it's overgrown. It's been some time. It's thriving. There's... Monkey lizards in the trees and construction everywhere. Yeah, I've new seen, droids running around. Yeah, people, kids running that, in the street, musicians, schools. Yes. Um, yeah. but some pirates show up. Mm-hmm. Literal pirates, space pirates, <laughs> looking a little piratey even in their costuming, which is kind of cool. Um, so throughout it kind of has this like little bit of a. Just a little nod or something, a vibe of Peter Pan to me. Yeah. The crocodile, the alligator thing, the pirates, there, I mean. There's some know. sprinkling. There's yeah. some sprinkling, for sure. Yeah. So, Navarro. Navarro. So, Moff Gideon. I, not Moff Gideon. I love uh, seeing IG-11 memorial statue uh-huh. in the courtyard. Courtyard. I was like, oh. Yeah. That's so cute that they did that. 
I thought and it then, was kind of weird, though, that he's I, like, I want his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, but he, it's Dinjar in here. He does not trust droids, and that's, like, the first droid he ever trusted. So I could see it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. And he always does seem, go- like, to go look for help, like, to team up. Yeah. Like, that's a theme that we see throughout the show mm-hmm. is, like, when they're going to go on some epic adventure of some kind that he always finds, like, a, a way to team up with yeah. some yeah. somebody to keep that story kind of moving and, mm-hmm. and going forward. Um, it's not Moff Gideon. What is, why am I spacing the name of the guy on Navarro? Karga? Thank you, Grief. Grief Karga, thank you. Um, Anyway, so he's now, like, the leader. I don't know what you would call him. uh, Uh, High, high, he, yeah. There's some title. High, no, not Admiral. (laughs) Anyway, whatever his title is, he's clearly running things, um, and it's thriving. The planet's thriving. He's got big ideas um, to move that planet forward. Mm -hmm. Um, into prosperity. Um, we get the information about what happened to Cara Dune. Um, we were wondering how that would be kind of addressed in this season, and they didn't kill her off. She apparently, after bringing in Grief Car- uh, Grief Moff, Moff Gideon, Gideon <laughs> um, was recruited by special forces. Um, so it's alluded to that she's off in other parts of the galaxy kicking butt. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then we find out that uh, Moff Gideon is going off to some war tribunal thing. Court. Yeah, yeah. so. Put on trial of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. And then we find out that Grief Karga is looking for a marshal mm-hmm. because clearly he's got a pirate problem. <laughs> <laughs> Something. But they handle business. Yeah, yeah. You know, pirates getting all rowdy and, and they put them down in their place. Um, but, you know, he wanted Din Djarin to be his marshal, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, I got I got bigger fish to fry, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, side note of them chatting in his office, Grogu doing little spinnies yeah. in the chair, steals a little piece of candy with the force. Yeah. So cute. Pretty cute. So cute. So then Pirate's trying to drink in the bar that's now a school. Yeah. Doesn't go too well for them. And then... Mm-hmm. Basically, the Mandalorian tries to fix IG-11. Yeah, so he, he trusts him for some reason, but he's clearly pretty much destroyed. It's like yeah, the upper half of his body, but it's not in great shape. So they take him to the Anzellans, mm-hmm. which we have seen before. Those cute little guys that um, are known to work in tech. Or be droidsmiths. Mm-hmm. And they're really good. Like, they're well known for their knowledge and doing a spectacular job. So he, he crawls into their little workshop and they're talking. He doesn't understand. And it's this cute little banter between all of them. And then they pretty much say if he can go find this chip, um, that they might be able to revive IG-11. But that he might not be the same that he remembers him being. Yes, because his memory core, I think that's what they called it. Yeah, it was damaged. Yeah. Um, so, he's sent off to go basically find resources. Yeah, find new parts, and then bring them back. He says, keep IG-11 safe. Yep. Till I get back. Yep. And then... So he goes to try to leave, 
Yeah. And is ambushed by those sneaky pirates again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, you killed five of my men. Yeah. Uh, I really loved this action sequence mm -hmm. in the asteroids. Very, very reminiscent to many other oh, yeah. scenes from I the movies and other shows. So I was just, like, sitting there waiting for, what, what are those called? The ones that, yeah, the, yeah, that come out of the moon or at the asteroid holes. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, so, I mean, we see back before, like, Boba Fett, Jango Fett hiding in the asteroid belt. They're, you know, it's it's a known kind of cool As Asteroids action. are just a thing, you know? Yeah, it's very cool. And, of course, with his Naboo fighter. Oh, yeah. He is just, um, they're no match for him, right? He's... That thing can maneuver so well. Mm -hmm. It's um, so speedy. He's just picking them off. It it was spectacular. Um, but then he emerges and the head pirate captain. That looked like Swamp Man up in there. Look, and it looked <laughs> very much like an Imperial cruiser that had been modified in some way. Like something to do with the shape of it really reminded me. So I've been meaning to look up the ship, but I haven't gotten that far in my um, squirrel, squirreling <laughs> before we recorded this. I, it kind of Goran Shard. Yeah, Goran Shard. But like the way that like the uh, not turrets, whatever they're called, like drop down from the mm -hmm. bottom. That was reminding like the shape of them was really reminding me of like the Clone Wars era mm -hmm. style. So I mean, maybe it was like one of the like the bridge ships from like Clone Wars to like New Empire, yeah, kind of thing. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> but a spectacular ship for a pirate to be owning. Oh yeah. Um, and so Gornshard haven't really found reference to him anywhere. Um, very cool character design again, mm -hmm. very much like the Pirates of the Caribbean in this mm -hmm. part. So with the beard and the seaweed and the. Just the glistening. It was very cool. The special effects, the either CGI or the, the actual um, artistry. I, I couldn't tell, like, which parts oh, yeah. could be CGI and which parts were real. It was so seamlessly melded together. Yeah, the pirates were extremely well done. Mm -hmm. Extremely well done. And then, you know, he's all, he's all like talking to Grogu and he's like, never trust a pirate, punch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that was oh. something that's cool in this episode too, is that you see Din kind of talking to Grogu now, mm -hmm. interacting with him more than you had previous seasons. Giving him little life lessons. Yeah. Doing the whole, a Mandalorian. Yeah, being like a little dad. So cute. Um, so I wonder if we're going to see that pirate captain again in the future. I'm sure we will. Like, yeah. it, they're, they're like, kind of building him up, like, a little bit. Yeah. Just to be one of the lower-level foes that mm -hmm. he has to deal with or contend with differently this season, maybe. Mm -hmm. And so they jump into hyperspace, mm -hmm. and they're traveling. And you just see Den asleep and Grogu up in his little pod, and he's, like, looking out into hyperspace. Yes. And then you see some some shapes, some creatures that... Some of you might have recognized from... Wait, didn't we see that on the way to Navarro? Or was that on the way to Navarro? Oh, I'm losing track. On, anyway, on. one of the times that they're in hyperspace. No, okay, yeah, it was before. It was yeah. be It was before the jump to Navarro. 
So anyways, it's, yeah. backtrack a little bit. <laughs> Again, all over the place. It's okay. So uh, you might have recognized him from the Rebel series uh, with Ezra Bridger. He like had a connection with these space whales, a.k.a. Pergills. A.k.a. Pergills. And um, so it's kind of... It's kind of bring in a little a hint, a little, a hint, little Easter egg for the little, future. Yeah, a little Easter egg of who we might end up seeing. So anybody who's not familiar with Pergils, um, they're basically like giant space whales who have the ability to travel through hyperspace. So that's why you could see them kind of along with the ship. And yeah, so and and most don't notice them. It's mm-hmm. only people that have a connection with the force that mm-hmm. seem to be able to see them transversing through space. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's another kind of hint that Grogu has that force ability to connect with creatures as we've seen all the other seasons mm-hmm. and how he connects with creatures. Um, and this power is reminiscent of somebody else's power. Ezra Bridger from um, the Rebel series. Who also has a tie to mm-hmm. the Pergils. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, basically, my theory from our last podcast that Ezra Bridger is going to come in at some point and be Grogu's master. I feel like that might have been a little hint drop to that. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm just dreaming. I don't know. No, it's definitely <laughs> an Easter egg or like a hint drop for that we're going to see Ezra. We know he's coming. We yeah. just don't know when they're going to introduce him. If it's going to be in the Ahsoka series, or are they going to do it earlier? Yeah, it's to like, increase the hype for the Ahsoka series. I I don't know. See, every time I'm like, when are they going to drop this character? Yeah, they, and we, just, they, they always just, surprise us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if she's going after Thrawn, there's just some there's some tie-ins that have to happen. I just think it's a, probably an Easter egg for farther in the future. We know he's coming. Yeah. We know they'll all connect at some point, mm-hmm. and we hope that maybe he trains Grogu. Yep. I feel like there's a lot that Den needs to get done. Yeah. In, like, these eight episodes, well, eight. eight episodes, and we've already, we only got seven more, so how deep are they going to go with these yeah. seven episodes is the question. Because yeah. they do like to do little filler episodes, so. Yeah. And we know there's going to be some tie-in to the Ahsoka series, because it needs yeah. to kind of bridge that gap for people that don't know Ahsoka the way that we do, um, who maybe have only watched the Mandalorian and mm-hmm. the Boba Fett series, or, you know, haven't watched any of the animated stuff. So they're going to have to work on, on building that kind of spin-off a little yeah. bit more by intersecting some components into the season. So it's just a matter of how deeply they're going to go with that. Yeah. You know, Boba Fett went half Mandalorian, right? Like, mm-hmm. half of that series was, like, an extension of the Mandalorian, so we'll see how that all kind of plays out. Okay. So, back to him heading off to look for the parts. Well, he made a little pit stop to visit Bo-Katan first, and was gonna go try to join her to retake Mandalore, but he walks in, and she's just kind of lounging. Wasn't that right at the end? Was that? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was it. I thought he went back yeah. for IG-11 first. No. Oh, okay. That was at Navarro. Then they went and saw the Mandalorian castle. Yeah, so and that <laughs> was cool, too. The elements. Oh, my God. Yeah. I started nerding out about that. I had to pause and rewind a couple of times. So Mandalorian architecture is very distinctive. 
Um, and if you watch the animated stuff, you'll see there's lots of battles, lots of ceremony, things that happen in the palaces of the Mandalorians. Um, and so, like, that throne room, throne oh, room, yeah. totally almost it, identical to the one with Ahsoka and Maul's duel. Yep, yep. Just without the big pillars. Instead, it was, like, more open with that duel, mm-hmm. and there's windows. Yeah. But the, like, throne itself was definitely giving... Yeah, so it was... Mm-hmm. Ooh. So that was some like, yeah, <laughs> I love to see those tie-ins. But as soon as he flew in and there was only a droid there, I was like, who, who's yeah, going to, who's going to be here? And then he walked weird. into the throne room with Bo-Katan just kind of lounging there. I was just kind of like, what is she doing? Get up. Yeah. So this was a part that we talked about kind of bothered us a little bit about the character mm-hmm. continuity with the animated stuff. Um, she's just kind of sulking. Yeah. Like, all dejected, but, like, simmering with, like, anger and, like, there's, there's, she did a really good job of playing that, like, restrained frustration and anger, but also kind of, it seemed a little bit like she'd just given up a little bit. Yeah, and was that dejected. Does not, that does not seem like her character from what we've, like, known of her. Yeah. She's always been determined, get what she wants, a fighter. Yeah. And that didn't really seem like what we were seeing there. Yeah. And there was definitely still still that kind of animosity between the two of them. Oh, definitely. She's like, do you still have the saber? Yeah. So that it's clearly like... Then you go lead them. Yeah. (laughs) This kind of love-hate thing. and Mm. I wouldn't um, call it love, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, mutual respect, hate? Respect, (laughs) respect, hate? (laughs) I don't know. But... I still I still don't know that I'm quite on board with them being, like, enemies. Yeah, I wouldn't call them enemies. You know, like, that they would fight to the death for the Darksaber no, or something? No, definitely not. Like, I don't... I'm still not quite on board with her being that kind of antagonist for this no. series yet. Could happen, I suppose. I don't think so. But, like, the rest of the Mandalorians are out there that were part of her mm-hmm, clan. Mm-hmm. Um, just being mercenaries. Just being mercenaries with... Uh, some legitimate supplies and yeah. ships, mm-hmm. so that's going to come back into play sometime. Oh, definitely. Mando's definitely going to, or Din Djarin's definitely going to run into that group of Mandalorians at some point. Yeah. Once again, yeah. when? We don't know. Yeah. Um, so Bo-Katan, you know, kind of alluded to some more about his clan's history the child of children of the watch, you know, kind of fracturing, fracturing the, people. the culture of Mandalore before the downfall. Yeah, before the purge, and even further back than that, they've got a reputation of doing that. Yeah, which we do see in the Clone Wars. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think. What else? I think it would. I think it would be interesting. To see him run into those Mandalorians and then then find out he has the Darksaber. Yeah. And kind of see what might happen there. Well, her two main, I don't know, bodyguards or, you know, mates that we saw in season two. <laughs> yeah. Um, they know he has the Darksaber. Yeah, which is, yeah. So... I would assume they all know he has the Darksaber. It's just whether or not he's going to, like, claim the right. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like, so. Anyway. Um, and we didn't talk about the most adorable moment. Oh, yeah. Like, 
I don't know how they keep doing this. Just when you think it cannot get more stinking adorable, they bring in the next level of, oh my God, that's the cutest moment ever. Um, so Grogu, Baby Yoda, you can call him what you will. Don't really care. The child. The yeah. child. Whatever you please. Um, back when they were with the Enzelins in the workshop, working on IG-11, mm-hmm. um, there was a moment where they're yammering away, and then he gets really interested, walks up, snatches one up, <laughs> starts loving on it, <laughs> and it starts squeaming. No, no, no. <laughs> no squeezy. No squeeze. Bad baby. I love it. Oh my gosh. So I'm saying that all the time now. Bad yeah. baby. <laughs> then he goes back in, tries to hug him again. <laughs> yep. And Daddy Mando says, no. <laughs> yeah. He needs a little friend. <laughs> so, pretty stinking cute. Um, oh, so then IG-11... They put in the new memory chip. Oh, that was a while ago. We skipped over that. Yeah. (laughs) We're bouncing around. Well, no, they didn't put in the new memory stick. They just repaired him and then plugged him into power. And then he, like, came online, saw the child, reverted back to his old programming, tried to kill him. Yeah. Unideal. So he got crushed by a statue. Yeah. (laughs) That that other droid knocked a statue over and crushed his head. And what, what what did Din Djarin say? What did he say? But way to use your head. Yeah. <laughs> Dad jokes now. Dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty funny. So some cool little adventure, some bantering. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of was, it wasn't like an, a super storyline-ish episode. It was more of like gearing up for. Yeah. And it kind of fits the flow that we'd seen in other episodes of The Mandalorian. You yeah. know, he's on a quest or, or some kind of purposeful adventure, um, and it just kind of follows this flow that we're very used to, that the Boba Fett series did not have. Mm-hmm. So they're just kind of reestablishing what it feels like to be in the Mandalorian series again, with this very much familiar routine flow yeah. to the episodes. So that's, you know, just a good, like, footer to what's to come. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, any um, refined speculations for the series after this first episode? No. I don't think there's been... I'm thinking my speculations from our last podcast are spot on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Our recap of season two um, episode was posted last week, if you guys hadn't checked it out. Might fill you in a little bit on Joey, Jade, and I's speculations for the future that we're kind of seeing some hints that... We may be on to something. Yeah, we should just write the show. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. No. (laughs) But, as always, they are for sure going to throw some curveballs in now that we won't be expecting. They always what they do. Yeah. So. All right. Anything else we missed? No. You sure? Yeah. Honestly. All right. So, the episodes come out on Wednesdays, midnight, for those of you that stay up late on Tuesday. I had kind of hoped they were going to drop a little early this first episode, and they didn't. Dirty rats. (laughs) (laughs) But um, stay up late Tuesdays or check it out on Wednesdays. Um, We're going to have eight episodes, so it runs through April. Yep. (laughs) All right. 
<laughs> That's it for now. Um, you can check out our other podcasts on Walt's apartment. Wednesdays, they broadcast live on Facebook and the social media platforms. Until next time, may the force be with you. This is the way. <laughs>